Welcome once again to our Hakel podcast number six, entitled Classic Take, where we will take a classic topic of Mashiach and try to get a better understanding of it. One of the issues that disturb many people, one of the fears that some people express regarding the coming of Mashiach, is that they are afraid they're going to lose their personalities. They might turn into zombies, robots, turn into something else that they're totally unfamiliar with. After all, we learn when Mashiach will come, people will be busy the whole day learning Torah, being involved in knowledge of Hashem. There won't be any more jealousy, competition, no more fighting, no more hatred, no more jealousy. So, you know, we're going to be completely different people. Right now, we might have many problems, but at least, you know, we are happy to be ourselves to some degree. We're afraid of turning into a robot and they're turning into someone that we're not going to recognize. So there's no real grounds for this fear, but let's discuss some of the concepts and try to get a better understanding of what it means that when Mashiach will come, we will be different people. So first of all, the Rebbe discussed a similar fear or concern that some people have. It's a little bit of a different fear, but the, the answer the Rebbe gives could offer some insight on how to deal with this fear as well. The Rabbi mentioned in the Sikh of Achrim Aleph that some people are afraid that all the hard work that they've accomplished throughout the years in exile, doing many good things even, establishing connections, establishing business partners, business dealings, etc., etc., all the things that they did, when Mashiach comes, it's just going to come to an abrupt end. And what's they're going to feel like all this hard work was, you know, was discontinued. And the Rebbe explained that there's nothing to fear Mashiach. The Rebbe says when Mashiach will come, Mashiach is not taking away, he's not destroying, he's not negating anything from exile. What Mashiach will do is Mashiach will take everything that is in exile and Mashiach will reveal its true meaning that it was created for to serve Hashem. So everything will still exist, but it will exist with its true identity of what it really is supposed to be used for, what it's really all about. The same thing we could apply, the same idea to people. Everyone has issues. We all have things we try to deal with, get better, become better people. We try to speak to, you know, whether it's, you know, mashpiyam or therapists or whatever you want to call it. There's always certain things we're trying to become better people. We're trying to take the dormant good that's hidden within our personalities, the potential that we have, and bring it to the forefront. During Golos, during exile, we have a hard time doing that. We are pulled into many different directions. We are dragged down, whether due to peer pressure, it's our own inhibitions, our own addictions, and we don't have the ability to be who we really are. When Mashiach comes, these negative pressures will be put down, be marginalized, and we will finally be able to be who we really want to be. So why should we, we why should we be afraid that we're turning into robots? On the contrary, we're going to be able to be the person that we always dreamed we should be. Mashiach is not coming to superimpose something upon us. Mashiach is coming to reveal who we really are. Obviously, for a Jew and for the world at large, even it means to reveal their connection to Hashem, because that's the essence of what a person is. You could have sometimes a person is you know he has a potential. He has a quality that he might not even be aware of. And when he becomes aware of this quality, he views himself in a completely different light. All of a sudden, he looks at himself as being productive, as 
finally being able to be what he really is all about, even though before and he might have been doing wondrous things. And the same thing is when Mashiach will come, Mashiach will give us the ability to reveal our inner potential, things that we might not have been even aware that we have the capacity to do. So we're not turning into robots, we're turning into ourselves in the best way possible. So that is just the basic answer that I would give for people that have such concerns. But let us try to understand this by in a little bit of a more deeper fashion, by examining some sources, some ideas that are discussed by the Chachamim and by the teachings of Chassidus in particular, the Sichas of the Rebbe, to get a better understanding of what this is all about. The Rambam writes that when Mashiach will come, there won't be any more jealousy, hatred, war, competition. And Rambam mentions a few reasons for this. The reason that Rambam mentions at the end of Hilchas Molochim and the end of his Sefer is because there'll be an abundance of everything. There won't be any reason to fight. There won't be any reason to be jealous. So people will be involved in knowing the Ebishter. But Rambam in other places also explains that when people become aware of the truth, when people focus on what's really important, obviously they're not going to fight about petty things when they realize that they're petty. Today's day and age, we don't, you know, physical things, money, power, other things seem to us very important, and it's a big cause of this core, the fights when Mashiach will come. We realize what they're all about. We realize what, 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 what is really important in life, and we'll try to grab every opportunity to achieve, to accomplish becoming who we really are, so he won't fight with all these things. So the Rambam, in addition to the Rambam's description at the end of the Sefer Chos Malachim, the Rambam also discusses at length in Ilchus Tshuva how Mashiach will teach the whole world how to serve Hashem. Mashiach will be extremely wise, will be extremely big prophet. And Rama uses the terms that that knowledge, truth, and wisdom will become increasingly available. And therefore, this is why the sages, the Jewish people, have looked forward to the days of Mashiach, because wisdom will be greatly available. And one of the psukim, one of the verses that Rambam brings over there, in Ilchas Shuvah, Perek Allah Beis, is the Pasuk, It's a Pasuk that says, Hashem says, I will remove the heart of stone which is a reference to the removal of the Yetzir Hara. Now some people, when they hear that, they get scared, as I mentioned before. They think they're going to, in a second, turn into a robot. But the way that Amam explains it there, and the way it's understood from other sources, the Barbanel and others, the way they explain it, they explain it in a more rational way, in line, in general, with Rambam's approach to Mashiach, which is more of a rational approach, which is that when there's an increase in knowledge, and we really become aware of what life is all about, and we get a broader understanding of ourselves, of our environment, of the purpose of what we're doing in this world, and what's really out there, which is godliness, which is right now mostly concealed. So automatically, we're going to our Yetzirah, our evil inclination. It won't be automatically uh, gone. It won't be, it won't be a button that will be pressed that will, that will just put it out of service, but it will be weakened. It's not going to be a heart of stone. It's not going to be an obstacle like a stone that a person could stumble upon, as the Pasuk often, as the Pasuk sometimes compares Yetzir Hara to. We will still have the Yetzir Hara, but we will have the knowledge, we will have the tools, and so many of them, that will, we will be able to overcome it. So the way that Rambam describes the way we will get rid of the Yetzir Hara is not in a way of, you know, all of a sudden something will become superimposed upon us and we will lose ourselves, but rather we will 
have the knowledge, the awareness of truth, of, of godliness, of even even the Torah truth and even natural sciences and things like that will have a knowledge of the deeper things of the world, will give us a completely different perspective of what life is all about, and therefore the heart of stone will be removed from us. That is one explanation. I, I, I would put, if I would want to explain that in the very relatable terms, I would explain in simple English what this means is today, many people won't fulfill as they should. And they'll often give some type of justification. They'll say they have this question why they appreciate this. How come Hashem allowed the Holocaust to happen? How come Hashem allowed this to happen? Or they have some emotional, you know, traumas of whatever it is, of things associated with Yiddishkeit. So therefore, this inhibits them and doesn't allow them to connect to Hashem. When Mashiach will come, all these questions will be answered. The world will be filled with the knowledge of Hashem. We'll understand the reason, the meaning of all these things. For a person, when Mashiach will come, it won't be possible for a person to say, I don't know how proof to me there's, uh, there's a God in the world. He'll be able to see it. He won't, be, he won't ask proof to me the importance of doing Teda Mitzvahs. He'll see it. So all the things that hold back people today from doing Teda Mitzvahs will be gone. There's always some intellectual, emotional, some blockage that's not allowing us to do what we need to do when Mashiach will come, this will be taken away. Obviously, we will all serve the Ebeshe the way we're supposed to. So this is on a very basic level how I would explain how the increase in knowledge removes the Yetzir Hara. In addition to that, Hashem will perform great miracles for the Jewish people. And obviously, we all know that when we experience a miracle, when we experience a great event taking place in front of our eyes, it sometimes has a dramatic effect in us. It, it brings out, out within us a certain connection to Hashem, a certain recognition of the supernatural, of that there's something higher, there's something more meaningful in life, which could cause people to change their lives completely in a second. Obviously, it takes time for people to adapt to new change, but the, the resolution, the recognition that there's something greater in life is takes place when people see miracles. When Mashiach will come, we'll see great miracles. That will make us recognize the greatness of Hashem and the truth of spiritual existence, the truth of Teira Mitzvah, the truth of godliness, of godly capability and power, which will automatically inspire us to do what we need to do. So this is another element of how the events that will happen when Mashiach will come will give us the ability, or will take away the Yetzir Hara, but again, the, 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 all these explanations are not focusing on the fact that there will be a button press where the Yetzir Hara will disappear, but that there will be such an increase in awareness and understanding of positive experience and interaction with godliness, with the divine, that automatically the Yetzir Hara will become a powerless, so to say, to be able to convince us to sin. There are more deeper explanations in the removal of the Yetzirah, which already do involve a change of nature, but even these change of natures are not, nothing which are turning us, nothing of the sort which are turning us into robots or zombies, quite the contrary. Some of the other explanations that are given is the fact that the Pasuk, like I mentioned before, the Pasuk uses, when the Pasuk is describing the removal of the Yetzirah in the future, the Pasuk says, I will remove the heart of stone, and the Pasuk says, I will give you a heart of flesh. The meaning is that a lot of times, today we all could relate to this, many times you could hear something and there's a concept, there's a lecture we're listening to about the importance of whatever it might be. The idea sounds quite convincing, but we have a big problem trying to 
connect the idea with our own daily life because our heart is made up of stone, so to say, means it remains unaffected. In our mind, we understand that this food might not be healthy, but our heart wants to eat it. We cannot; Our heart doesn't get affected automatically because of the knowledge we have in our brain. When Mashiach will come, this will change. It says Hashem will make the heart to be soft. The heart will be pliable. The heart will be affected by what we understand in our brain. This doesn't mean we will turn into a robot. It means instead of us being desensitized and that even things that we understand very well doesn't affect us, which is really an abnormality, Hashem will cause that our heart should be receptive to what we understand in our brain. There's another interesting sikh of the Rebbe in Chelech Haftas and Pashas Nitzav, and the Rebbe focuses on the Pasuk, which also is another Pasuk which speaks about the removal of the Yetzir Hara, and the Pasuk uses the term, Hashem will circumcise your heart and the heart of your children, of your offspring. And the Rebbe discusses the different aspects of this verse, and the Rebbe discusses the Targum, and other sources which speak about how this Pasik is referring to the removal of the Yetzir Hara. And the Rebbe asks, why does the Targum use it? Why, why, why does the Pasik use the term Umal, Hashem will circumcise? Why are we using the example of circumcision? And the Rebbe explains that, according to the meaning of this Pasuk, that the way Hashem created the person now, as our, as our sages say, that the eye see, the eye in the the heart desires, and then the tools of action, so to say, our hands, our feet, do the act, they finish off the act. So everything is instigated by the senses that pick up. Our eyes see something, and that causes a desire. And, you know, in, in simple English, the Yetzir Hara is a pop-up machine. It tries to instigate you to sin. It tries to get you to look here, to look there, to send thoughts into your head, try to get you, you know, try to send something your way that should instigate you to sin. And what happens is when a person sees something, so it affects him. And it's he could overcome it, you know, and he's meant to overcome it. You know, we, 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 we sometimes can, can't control things that came our way. It happened against our will, but we are empowered by Torah to not to go astray after after what we see and after the feelings of our heart. But when Mashiach will come, Hashem will circumcise our heart, means Hashem will cause that we won't become affected by what we see, meaning that today it's a whole struggle. You see something, a person sees something, and he's right, they're right away tempted to act. When Mashiach will come, Hashem will change the nature, even if something person sees something, which from Sheikh will come, probably it won't be too much negative to see. But e- either way, even if there would be something negative around there, when a person sees something, it won't, wouldn't pull him right away, wouldn't instigate him, wouldn't right away cause this great urge, urge to do the sin. So the Yetzir Hara, we might still enjoy the sin, we might still have some type of temptation, but the strength of it, the... The, the constant battle that we have to overcome our urges because of everything that we pick up on the street and everything will be gone and we will have a much easier time dealing with our Yetzir Hara. So this again 
is an explanation of the removal of the Yetzirah, which does involve a change of nature, but again, it's not turning us into a robot or into a zombie. There is, there are more advanced levels of the removal of the Yetzirah. The Chachamim tell us that when Mashiach will come, Hashem will shech the Yetzirah, Hashem will slaughter the Yetzirah. And there's a Gemara in Sukkah, at the end of Mesech the Sukkah, and the Gemara explains how Tzadikim and Nishayim will both cry. Tzadikim will cry because the Yetzirah will appear to them like a huge mountain, and they're going to say, how were we ever able to conquer this great mountain? And the Nishayim, the wicked, are going to cry because the Yetzirah will appear to them as a thin string, as a, as a hair, Kichot Asayir, a hair, as tiny as a hair. And they're going to cry and say, how, weren't, how come we weren't able to overcome this chuta saira, there's this here's breath. And there's a lot of commentaries discussed, different meanings of it. It's a separate discussion, but the point is that this teaching of our sages does clearly point to the fact that Yitzhahara will be taken away. The Rebbe explains that this is referring to the second stage of Mashiach, which is more of the supernatural stage of Mashiach, even though there could, there could still be and there probably will be miracles even in the first stage as the Rebbe mentioned a number of times, but nevertheless, primarily the ideas of miracles and change of nature relates to the second stage. So in the beginning, there will still be a Yetzir Hara, but it will be much easier to overcome it. At the second stage, there will be no Yetzir Hara. And then, doesn't mean we will still have free choice, but the free choice will be used to do good things. We won't have any urge to sin in the first place. So even if the Yetzir Hara is taken away, it doesn't mean we're turning into a robot. It just means that we don't have any urge. We, you know, we 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 won't have this feeling of of this 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 pleasure, this this desire to sin. There is one more Maimer Chazal. There's one more teaching of our sages, which is discussed elaborately in many sources, which uh, I'll mention, discuss a little bit to finish the to finish the topic. There's a Gemara Masech the Shabbos. The Gemara brings a pasuk, pasuk that Shlomo Hamelach said. He says you should, you should remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Before he says the whole pasuk says before the years will come, when you will say I don't desire these years. And the Gemara says that this refers to the days of Mashiach, at which point will be There will be no way of no merits and no liabilities. There won't be ability to gain, to, 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 to do a mitzvah or to, or to do an Aveda. Now, there are a number of interpretations in this teaching of our sages, as in any teaching of our sages. Rashi explains this to mean, pri- to, to mean specifically, they're not talking about any mitzvah or Aveda at all, in general. They're talking about the mitzvah of doing tzedakah, and the Aved of not giving tzedakah. When Mashiach will come, everyone will be rich. There won't be any more the ability to do tzedakah. So the Pasuk is saying that there will come a time that a person will be looking high and low to fulfill the mitzvah of tzedakah, which is one of the fundamental mitzvahs of the Torah, and he won't, he won't find someone to do tzedakah with. So the Pasuk is trying to say, try to use the opportunity in Golos and do mitzvahs now, do the mitzvah of tzedakah now, before Mashiach will come and you won't have the opportunity. However, there is the Ramban, there are other Sfarim which interpret this Pasuk to mean that when Mashiach will come, we will lose our free choice. Because we will lose our free choice, 
Therefore, there will be no mitzvahs or avedas, meaning uh, we, we will do mitzvahs automatically. We, will, we won't have a yetzad heart, we won't have an urge to sin. Naturally, we will want to do what's good. If a person is naturally inclined to do what's good, there's no room for reward or punishment. So that's what it means that they'll come years that I have no desire. What means you have no desire? The way that Ramban interprets those words, it means desire means that a person does something because of his own premeditated desire. That he wants to do this because that's what he decides to do. If a person is naturally made to do something, it's not his own desire. This is his natural instinct, so to say. So when Mashiach will come, we will naturally want to do what's good, so there'll be no room for reward or punishment. Now this generated a lot of discussion. The Rebbe asks on the Ramban a few questions. The Rebbe says, if anything, this is only referring to the second stage of Mashiach, as I mentioned before, when the Yetzirah Hara will be completely removed, not in the first stage. There's other, there's other commentaries that discuss exactly what this means. And they, a lot of them, those that speak about it, at least explain, doesn't necessarily mean in the literal sense of the word that we will lose our free choice. It means we will have free choice but because we will have no desire to do evil, you know, it's, 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 it's not the free choice that we're accustomed to today's day and age, where there's a free choice between good and bad. We will have free choice technically, but free choice, it's like an animal has free choice. He could jump into a, into a burning fire. No one is going to do it. No animal, human being will do it because naturally he knows it's not safe, but we still will have a free choice. There is, however, the ultimate explanation according to Chassidus is very deep and powerful and requires some explanation, but I'll, I'll just say it briefly. The ultimate connection that we will have with Hashem when Mashiach will come is we will become one with Hashem. When a person becomes one with Hashem, there's no need for him to premeditate to do what's right. He does it on his own. He's, there, there's no separate entity. The whole idea of a mitzvah that Rebbe explains, a commandment means... There's the commander and the one that's being commanded. If they're one and the same, a person can't command himself to do something. But Mashiach will come, the ultimate connection to Hashem, which is when the Yidin become, this is from the level of the essence of the Neshama, is that a person serves Hashem in a way that he does it because he's one with Hashem. Now, this might sound like a person is becoming a robot, but it's really just the opposite. It's where, where a person is totally merges one with Hashem, his essence becomes one with Hashem, that he, this is his whole entity, he's one with Hashem, he's automatically doing what Hashem wants. Now, the truth is, Weich Siddhis explains, this is the highest form of serving Hashem. In today's day and age, we have reward and punishment, because we are a separate entity, and a separate entity gets rewarded for serving Hashem and gets punished for not serving Hashem. When Mashiach will come, we will become one with Hashem. When a person becomes one with Hashem, the fact there's no reward or punishment. But that's not a bad thing, essentially. Inherently, it represents the most deepest bond a person can have with Hashem, that he's so one with Him, that he, does, he serves Hashem automatically, that doesn't make it, there's no room to discuss the ideas of reward and punishment. There's no one to reward, no one to punish person is completely one with Hashem. So although on the surface, when you learn the Gemara, it sounds like the Gemara is saying that there's some type of, de- 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 there's, de- there's, de- there's something, there's a deficiency when Mashiach comes. There's no reward or punishment. That is the way it appears externally when you dig into what it really means according to Chassidus. This is the highest form of serving Hashem is this type of serving Hashem where there's no reward or punishment. It's done purely because a person is bonded with Hashem. I hope this conversation helped us 
understand a little bit more how we will be like when Mashiach will come. Hashem should help. We should merit it speedily in our days. Take it from Yad Mamish. Plastic Take is produced by Tudal's Podcast Productions, producers of The Daily Boost, The Weekly Fabrengen, Power Fabrengen, and Mashiach Mindset Audio. Available on all podcast platforms.